Ephesians chapter 6, looking at the 10th verse, and we're continuing the subject we started last week. And the question is, is what spirit are you listening to? What spirit are you listening to? So if you're taking notes, that's what you want to write down. And uh, just a continuation, this is part two of what we talked about last week. In verse 10, it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, putting on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, the tricks of the devil. That's what the word wiles means, the tricks of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word tonight. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come in and to not only anoint our lips of clay to speak forth your word, but anoint our hearts and our minds to receive the precious word of God. Lord, to have clear thinking about the word of God tonight. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. So, yeah, we got to look at that word wiles. Remember, it's a trickery of the devil. How many know the devil's full of tricks? He's full of lies and deceit. Amen. And he is full of tricks. Uh, so we started out our, uh, our chapter reading uh, this month in the book of Galatians. And I was reading chapter 3, which is where I am today. Today's the third day of November. Is that right? Or did I fall asleep somewhere? All right. It's third day of November. I have to check nowadays. The day's running together sometimes. And uh, so I was reading Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. If you will just turn there with me, or something that just, I mean, hit me between my eyes. You ever read something in the Word of God and it just hits you between the eyes? Yeah, they can work out with you. Amen. Explain to me. All right, we'll see if we can get there. I don't know if I can explain it, but we'll try. But in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? but from whose eyes Jesus Christ is already clearly portrayed among you were crucified. Now I'm reading from the New King James. Does the Old King James say the word bewitched you? The Old King James word? Yeah. It says the word bewitched. 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 That, that, that kind of hit me. Because I, I want to answer that question tonight on who bewitched the church. Y'all want to know who bewitched the church? Well, her name was Jezebel. And Jezebel bewitched the church. And Jezebel is still bewitching the church. Uh, I find it interesting as I go through the writings of Paul, looking at the church of Galatians and Corinthians and uh, all the letters he wrote, you can see the work of the devil in the church. You can see how the devil had moved in the church and he was just tearing things up, begin to teach false doctrines, begin to just cause all kind of uh, 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 things happening in the church. And there was uh, such a split in the church. And so we can see these things taking place in Paul's writings. But when he asks the question, who bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? You know, that's the question that we have today. Who has bewitched us? Well, her name is Jezebel. And Jezebel does everything she can to destroy the church. I want to tell you something. You have an enemy. You've got a lot of enemies out there. All the demons are your enemies. And Jezebel is your enemy. Jezebel don't like you. She don't like nobody. All she wants to do is destroy the church. See, Jezebel brings, uh, all she wants to do is she wants to deceive us. And she wants to bring confusion. Confusion. Have you ever been confused before? You ever come to church and, and, and uh, you was more confused when you walked out the door than you was when you walked in? So that's the spirit of confusion that's, that gets on it. You know, God's not the author of confusion. Amen. Amen. So we know that when there's confusion, that there is a demon spirit present. 
And, and this demon spirit wants to misguide us, take us down wrong paths. I was talking to a preacher friend of mine just today, and I said, you know, it seems like the church is either on one side of the ditch, and we jump all the way to the other side of the ditch. You know, there's no middle ground there anymore. We, we either get one way extreme on one thing, and then two extreme on the other. And we seem can't get it. We have a hard time. The church has a hard time getting its balance. And of course, we were talking about uh, Scripture, and we were talking about doctrine and preachers and all this kind of thing. And how we people build doctrine on things and just jump from one side of the ditch to another. But Jezebel always wants to confuse and bring confusion. Jezebel likes to attack the pastor and the pastor's wife, and he likes to attack uh, all kind of folks. Uh, most of the I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my personal experience dealing with Jezebel through the years. I didn't know us who I was dealing with for a long time. The Lord had to reveal it to me. But I will say that 80 percent of the time in my personal experience, the spirit of Jezebel always came in somebody claiming to be a preacher. Always claiming to be a preacher. I can remember one time uh, this preacher came into the church. It wasn't this church. It was at another church I was pastoring. And I hadn't been there that long. And, and this preacher came in and, and um, Lord behold, he was a former pastor of that church. Um, I, don't remember his, I don't remember his name anymore, but he was a former pastor of that church. And he came in and I can remember him, him coming through the back door of the church. And, and uh, we were doing songs. We were in the middle of song service. I mean, church had already started and we were worshiping God and and uh, if I remember right, we were singing out of the old hymn book like we did tonight. And this preacher came in and uh, he's starting to shake hands like a politician. And he's just working his way from one side of the church to the other. Um, has anybody ever seen anything like that before? He's just working his way from one side of the church to another, shaking hands and, and just talking to people. And the whole time song service is going on, you know. And then he comes all the way up on the podium and comes over to me and says, Oh, brother, I didn't know you was the pastor of the church. Well, I found that after service when he was going around shaking hands with everybody and talking to them, he was telling them, I think y'all need a new pastor. Yeah, I think y'all need a new pastor. And uh, I'll tell you, just, and I'll tell you, no, uh, God wasn't with him because he smelled like cigarettes. He was saturated in it, totally saturated in it. Um, and so I had to deal with that spirit. And that was one of the times that I split with a, dear, a spirit of Jezebel. See, Jezebel don't always get on a female. Sometimes it'll go to a male. Jezebel is just a spirit. And, and so that was one of the times that this, that this had happened to me. Like I said, most of the time, I'd say 80% of the time, it comes to somebody claiming to be a preacher. Always somebody got to have a fancy title. Uh, they, they, boy, they love titles. Man, they love titles. They got to have a title. I heard one preacher talked about he's getting ready to hire somebody, but they wouldn't take the job in the church until they had this title. Had to have a certain title before they would agree to do something in the church. And you know, that's one thing that you'll learn about me. I'm not keen on titles. Um, I had somebody come to me not too long ago wanting to be the, the 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 youth pastor of the church, the children's pastor of the church. And I said, Well, hold on, you know, this uh how about we just work in the area for a while and build a team? I don't, I'm not going to call you pastor of the children or youth pastor. I said, we're just going to, we're just going to build us a team of leaders around that. And that's what I like to do. Is I like to build teams and not necessarily with, uh, with these fancy titles. Because titles begin to go to people's heads. Right. You know, look at me, I'm somebody. And that's what Jezebel does. Is she likes to get attention. She, likes, she loves the spotlight. 
Loves the spotlight. Y'all ever known anybody just love the spotlight? Man, they've always got something to say. They've always got something to sing. I mean, they've got to, they got to be a part of something all the time. That's what a Jezebel does. They love that spotlight. Okay? So let me, let me move on down here and, and, uh, and see my notes here. I've got to get to my notes. One of the things that I notice is that when a Jezebel comes in, uh, she don't come right after the pastor. No, she don't come right. What she'll do is she'll go to the pastor's secretary. You know, start whispering lies in the pastor's secretary's ears. And then she'll move her way on over to the pastor's uh, uh, worship team and she'll start telling them full of lies. And, and then she'll go over to the pastor's council and, and she'll start telling lies to the pastor's council. And I mean, these things just begin to go on and on and on. I, I, I brought this out here to remind me, not necessarily for you, but uh, I've learned sometimes I need reminders to know what I'm going to think and do next. That's why I write down notes. You know? But uh, I'm going to read to you our vision here. It says, Our mission at the Bowden Church of God exists to serve the Lord Jesus and our surrounding community. That doesn't sound like a good mission to y'all. sounds like a good mission. We exist to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and our surrounding community. How many of y'all agree with me? That's what we've been doing. Amen. And our vision is very simple. To serve the Lord by serving others. To be the hands and the feet of Jesus to our church and our community. Now listen to this. This is, this is not part of our mission or our vision statement. It just put it down here as a goal. Our goal is to reach the younger generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let me see your hand if you think that's a good idea. Amen. Amen. Well... When I first came to this church, about six months later, you know, I prayed. People said, what you did? I ain't got one. He was, what? Well, what's going to be our mission? I don't know. I've got to pray. Amen. It was about six months later before I wrote that down. I said, oh, Lord, I want something so simple that a child can read it and understand it. And so when I put down there the goals of the church, you know, Jezebel raised her ugly head. Right here. Jezebel raised her ugly You know what Jezebel started doing? Calling everybody on the phone, say he don't care about us old folks. He only wants young people in the church. Come on, shake your head. You know I'm telling the truth. That's what Jezebel did. He don't care about us older folks. He just want to get young people. It wasn't in the mission. It wasn't in the vision. It was just a goal. You know, it's still a goal. I mean, y'all think it's still important. Amen. But that's how Jezebel works. Is Jezebel's spirit would begin to tell lies, and that's about as far away from the truth as the truth could be. You gotta love everybody if you're gonna be a church, amen. You gotta love the young and the old. And I'm gonna tell you what <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I've been telling some of these other pastors, friends of mine. You know what I've been telling them? You need some baby boomers in your church. <laughs> That's what I tell them. I say, because your baby boomers are your foundation. I say, these young folks, you can't build a church on these young people. They ain't got no foundation. Pastor friend of mine just the other day was telling me about a church he knows of was starting one of them starter up churches. Starter up churches. Boy, the organization just put all kind of money into them. And, and uh, I mean, just put thousands and thousands of dollars into that starter up church. And he said that first service, he said that first service they had was on Easter Sunday morning. They had 200 people in attendance. Can you imagine that? A starter up church, first day you have church, you got 200 people showing up. That's pretty good, ain't it? Yeah. Well, two years later, they closed down. You know why? Ain't had no baby boomers to keep them going. <laughs> That's what happened. There were no baby boomers there to keep them going. That church ended up closing down and they lost all kind of money. All kind of money. Um, so these young folks, you can't build nothing on these young people. 
But you know, it's still our responsibility to reach out and save them. Amen. Amen. And one of these days, these young folks are going to be as old as us, and then they'll be the pillars of the church. Amen? Amen. But a Jezebel spirit, she'll come upon you and start talking to you. And you know what she'll do? She'll convince you that everybody else has got a Jezebel spirit. And it's you the righteous one. Yeah. Jezebel spirit will come on you and start telling you things. And, and before you know it, you start thinking, well, I think that sister got a Jezebel. I saw this happen firsthand. I saw this, this lady move to church from North Carolina. I'll never forget her. She moved to church from North Carolina and came to church. And man, she came in and everything was just wonderful. I mean, she was just mixing in with the people and seemed like we had us a good church member. Again, it wasn't here at this church. Um, but she was just doing good. And then next thing I know, man, she's on the phone. She's starting to spread gossip. She's starting to talk about the spirit of Jezebel. And she starts saying, we've got Jezebel in the church and so-and-so-and-so. And then they go on so-and-so. That's just Jezebel spirits on them. And she's calling people in the church and telling them that. Well, come, and by the time it was all over with, that church ended up splitting right down the middle. And she was the biggest Jezebel of them all. Amen. But she was convinced that everybody else had a spirit. You see, that's what Jezebel does. Brings all kind of confusion up in the church. And that's why you got to be careful. But she loves to attack the leaders of the church first. Man, she'll attack the leaders of the church, fill them all kind of lies and all kind of stuff. Well, you know the pastor, he prays favoritism. You know you're not his favorite. You know, he loves Sister Sharon. He loves on her all the time. Well, she's always talking to him. He ain't never got time to talk to you, does he? See, that's how that spirit of Jezebel works. That's how, exactly how it works. Amen. Well, y'all just don't know. I got to talk to Sharon. She got to keep me straight. Amen. <laughs> but that's what happens. And then they'll go after the pastor's wife. And, and they'll say things like, Oh, Lord. Did you see what the pastor's wife was wearing to church today? Oh, did you hear? They'll call you on the phone. Did you hear about the pastor's wife? I heard she's watching soap operas. Did you hear that? I mean, they just start all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff, you know. I think there's something wrong with that pastor's wife. She don't seem to be as friendly as she was three months ago. Well, Lord mercy, you lost both your parents. You wouldn't be as friendly either, you know. Amen. But that's how Jezebel goes. I mean, she'll, she'll be criticizing, criticizing. Oh, well, if I was in charge of the children, or if I was on the council, well, if, if I was the pastor, you know, I, I really feel like the pastor kind of missed the Lord on that one, don't you? Am I telling you everything you ain't never heard before? Because y'all getting awful quiet on me. <laughs> That's how Jezebel works. I mean, she'll just start working and she'll just start criticizing and, and she'll just start spreading lies and trying to tell you the pastor don't love you and, and just all kind of stuff. And the whole time just spreading gossip and rumors. And I know at some point in your life, somebody has, uh, has heard that happen. You, you've experienced that happen. And what I'm showing you tonight is you've got to recognize what it is. It's the spirit of Jezebel. Now, does that mean that person that called you on the phone is, is demon-possessed and filled with the devil? No. All it means is that the spirit of Jezebel has got their ear. That's what it means. They're listening to the wrong spirit. Listening to the wrong spirit. Amen. And so we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Jezebel always wants to cause trouble in the church and always wants to get people upset about the silliest things, really. I remember the first time a friend of mine 
um, he told me, he said, brother, he said, we had to have a, he said, we had literally, literally, I'm telling you, we had to go outside and have a funeral for a tree. A pastor friend of mine told me this years ago. I just laughed. I said, brother, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. He said, brother, he said, we cut down a tree. He said, I cut down a tree right beside the church. It was causing problems. The tree was, was sick. It was right beside the church. He said, I cut the tree down. He said, my people got so mad. He said, they're about to split the church wide open. He said, these people are furious about me cutting down a tree outside the church that was causing damage at the church. I said, what did you do, brother? He said, I got mad. <laughs> That's what he told me. Yeah, preachers get mad too. He says, I got mad. And he said, I called a meeting. He said, I, I said, what happened then? He said, I marched them all outside and I grabbed my Bible and we had us a funeral procession for that tree and that was the end of it. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope not. I hope not. I hope he ain't got to do that. But he told me that story and I just laughed and I laughed until it happened to me. Until it happened to me. It sure did. It happened to me. Of course, at another church, not this one. But almost the same story, lightning hit it. I think lightning hit that one out there. But lightning hit the church, at the tree right in front of the church. It's right by the church sign. Insurance company done said, you got to take it down. Everybody done said, Pastor, you got to take it down. Uh, uh, the church of God says you got to take it down. Your headquarters is telling you, you got to take it down. Your insurance company is telling you, you got to take it down. The insurance company even went so far to say if you don't take it down and that thing falls and hits somebody's car, we will not cover it. Well, we ain't got no choice. So guess what I did? I got on the phone. I called some good old boys with chainsaws and they came and they chopped down the tree and the guy took care of Guess what happened? I had to split the church wide open. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had a guy come to church. He was supposed now. Look, I had, I I made a mistake one time of of, um, of dedicating somebody and making them deacon of the church. Well, it was a hard worker. I mean, he was always at church cutting grass, painting something, doing something. And I thought we only honor this guy. He's he's faithful to church, doing all this stuff. I said, you honor him. We'll make him a deacon. He's doing the work of a deacon. We'll make him a deacon. So I did. I made him a deacon. I thought I was doing a good thing until he got mad about that tree. He came to church one Sunday morning. I mean, I'm getting ready to say, let's stand up and, and pray and let's open up service. Preacher, I got something to say. Then went from pastor to preacher. Yeah, they do that to you too. Jezebel's will drop your title on you real quick. Real quick. You know, they'll come in, oh, I love you, pastor. And by the time they get mad, it ain't even pastor or preacher. It's just claim old cliff then, you know. And <laughs> dropped it off. But he said, I got something I got to say. And I looked at him and I said, Brother, what's, what is it? I got something I got to say. And he had that look on his face. You know, sometimes people give you the look and you know something's off. off. Well, brothers and sisters, we had visitors in that church that day. Oh, no. Yeah. We had a crowd in the church. One of the biggest crowds that we've had since I've been there. New people checking out the church, wanting to know if this is a church they want to come to. And this guy's trying to have trying to pull a council meeting on me right there in the beginning of the church. The Spirit of the Lord got a hold of me real quick and said, Do not give him the mic. So I said, Brother, come on, let's, let's go out here to the side hall. Let's talk a little bit. I got him out there and I said, What's the problem? And it was about that tree. 
It was about that tree. I said, brother, let me tell you something. First of all, this ain't the place or the time when you're completely out of order. You know, there's a way of doing things. Amen? Amen. There's an order of doing things. I said, you're completely out of order. This is not the time to talk about that tree. We got visitors sitting out there that don't even know what a tree. I said, this will bring nothing but confusion to them. I said, this is not the time to talk about it. I've got to talk about this. We've got to have this meeting right now. We've got to get this done. I looked at him and I said, I'm going to tell you something, brother. I love you, but there's going to be peace this morning. Or I'm going to call the peace. Okay? There's going to be peace this morning. I'm going to call the peace. Now, we'll talk about this after church. And I had to get stern with him like that. Well, what was that? Now, I'm talking about a good person. I'm not talking about a mean person. What happened? A good brother loved the Lord. What happened to him? Jezebel got all up in his earlobe and started talking about that tree. You know what I did next? I called the stump grinder. I said, get out here. I don't want to see that stump. I don't don't, don't even want there to look like there was a tree ever there again. Get rid of everything, all the evidence. I don't want to see one root. Get it off. And he came out there and grind that thing up. But it caused, a lot of, it caused a lot of trouble. It did. Well, what is that? That is the spirit of Jezebel at work in the church. Well, when does Jezebel like to, like to come into the church? Well, let me tell you. When the church is small. When you're a new church. New church startup. And when the church is small. And the reason they love those kind of churches is because they're looking for position. Amen. And you know, when you're a small church, you need volunteers, you're just looking for somebody that can fog glass. You know what I'm saying? You can fog glass, you can sweep the floor. Y'all look, come on. Get you a mirror in front of you. You're breathing. I need you. Come on. You know, when you're a small church, you've got to have everybody's help. Amen? And see, that's, that's the Jezebel loves those kind of things because, oh, yeah. Well, brother, you know, I can sing. I can sing. I can play the piano. I can play the drums. I can teach. I used to do the numbers of the, of the bank. I know how to do that too. I mean, yeah, they come in looking for a position, looking for a title. Amen. I mean, no, I, I've learned through the years you better look for faithfulness and loyalty. Amen. Amen. You better look for faithfulness and loyalty. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's what it takes. So that's what they love to come in. And they do that because they want to be able to influence people. They won't walk into a church running over 200 people and just start acting crazy. Uh uh-uh, uh, they know there's people there. They usually carry, got a little badge on them, and they usually got a gun somewhere on them called the ushers, and they'll usher them right out the door. Amen. So they ain't going to do that. They're going to they go find somebody they can, they can influence, and that's what they do. And so that's usually the time to do it. Another time, the third time they usually do it is when you're tired. When you're tired. Oh, man, just. Have something big going on at the church. You know? Like right after homecoming. Right after a tent revival. You know, just something big happening at the church and you're tired. I have to admit, boy, I was, I was wore out at the end of that tent revival. <laughs> I was so glad. I, I had some zeal too. I said, Lord, we can go two weeks. And Angel says, I don't think we're going to make it to Friday. <laughs> I said, come on, Angel, we can go two weeks. I don't think we're going to make it to Friday. I'm tired. Ain't you tired? I said, I'm getting my second win. Whew, by the time Thursday come around, I was just trying to breathe, period. <laughs> I never was so glad to see Friday. <laughs> but I enjoyed every moment of that revival, didn't you? 
But see, right after something like that happens, that's exactly when Jezebel wants to come in and stir up trouble. Because you're tired. You're tired. Also want to come in when you got something personal going on in your life. Amen. I mean, you, you working a job like crazy, and or you got someone passed away in your family. I mean, you got all kind of things happening in your personal life. Oh, that, that's the time Jezebel going to rear her ugly head because she got you off guard. Turn your Bibles to First King. I'm going to show you something in First King chapter 19. We're going to read about the real Jezebel. She was a queen. She was married to Ahab who was probably the most evil king that Israel ever had. And uh, he chose this, this witch, that's what she was, um, to be his wife, to be, to be the, the queen of Israel. And she was. Her name was Jezebel. And in chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, looking at verse 1, now let me tell you, this is right after the man of God... Elijah had called down fire from heaven. Y'all know that story? Mount Carmel, okay? He's called down fire from heaven. He said, whatever God answers by fire, to him be the true God. And so when he called on God of creation, the God of Israel, fire came down, consumed the altar. Y'all know the story. And then then Elijah, in the power of the Lord, killed 450 of the false prophets of Baal right after that happened. How many of y'all know that brother was probably tired after he's been swinging a sword 450 times? I can't imagine. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Uh, Yeah. And then he outran the chariot. That was 18 miles. He outran the. Well, first of all, he kills the. He calls down fire from heaven. He kills the prophet. Then he prays for rain that hasn't rained in three years. So he prays up a, a huge rainstorm. And he tells Ahab, You get on. Uh, go on down there because rain is coming. He says, abundance of rain coming. And then the Spirit of the Lord hit him. This is why I think Samson was a skinny fellow like me and not some big muscle guy like Hollywood tells us. is because Elijah was just an old fat prophet. Come on. Y'all know preachers are fat. He was just an old fat prophet. And the, the Spirit of the Lord got on him and he outran the king's horses 18 miles. I couldn't do a grandpa jog 18 miles to get there, could you? But he outran the king's horses. So uh, I think we can safe to say Elijah was tired. He was tired. Look at what it says in verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all of the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods... Do unto me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. Look at this. This is the same prophet that called down fire from heaven, killed 450 false prophets, outran the king's horses 18 miles, and now he's running for his life. All because Jezebel says she's going to kill him. And he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. So look at, look at this, this thing. A powerful service had happened. A powerful time of the Lord. A great move of God took place. And all these miracles took place. All this miraculous stuff happening. And now, this same man that called down fire from heaven and outran horses... 
and killed 450 prophets with a sword. It doesn't say that he called on 450 soldiers to help him kill those prophets. It said Elijah killed himself. Okay? Now he's running for his life because the queen says you're going to kill him. Fear. Jezebel works through fear. Fear. He knew Jezebel was serious. And if she had her way, she'd kill him. He knew that. There was no doubt about that. She's serious. But what happened to his faith in God? What happened? Why did he just step on the scene and say, you threatened me, woman. I just called down fire on Mount Carmel. You know, you just a little bit skinny thing with your little gold earrings. I'll just call on God right now and he'll just zap you like a bug. You know? Why didn't he say that? Why didn't he say that? But instead, he runs. He runs for his life. Runs for his life. He's tired. He's exhausted. He's wore out. Same thing happened to Noah. Noah builds an ark. 120 years. Gets in the ark. I mean, the great judgment of God. 40 days, 40 nights of rain. Over a year, he's spending that ark saving his family. What does he do when he gets out of the ark? He's tired spiritually, physically, emotionally. You know what Noah did? He got drunk. He got drunk. And then his, 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 his only son, his son, you know, exposed to shame. Because then now he's not drunk, he's also naked. And his two boys had to come cover him up. So we see there's been great, there's been great things happen here. What happened? It was Jezebel. Jezebel was at work then. What about King David? I mean, come on, we're talking about the giant killer. Is King David afraid of anything? No. He goes about. But Jezebel took a bath on her on her roof of her house, and she knew that King David would be out there. Listen, that wasn't no coincidence. That was Jezebel planning. Jezebel will plan an attack on you. They watched David. It was his daily routine to go out there on that roof and talk to the Lord and pray. That was his quiet time. That was his time of, re- of reflecting upon the day. I mean, we talk about the king of Israel. There's, there's people are bringing court cases to him and he's having to decide what to do. So he has his routine. I mean, no, you need to have a day of rest. You need to have a place to go to rest. Well, the, the rooftop was where David went. But they knew David would be there at exactly that time. And Jezebel took a bath on her roof. And you know the rest of the story. What happened? David failed. He had a moral failure because Jezebel. So Jezebel's been at work for thousands and thousands of years. And I read the scriptures to you last week where Revelations, it talks about the spirit of Jezebel. And so the spirit of Jezebel is out to kill and destroy the church and to bring all kind of problem, all kind of confusion. And she is a rebellious spirit. Y'all know anybody that has a problem with rebellion? Hmm? That's a rebellious spirit. Exactly what it is. So this is what happens. So beware of some of these things I'm talking to you about tonight. Now let me ask you a question. Has Jezebel ever talked to anybody in this church? Raise your hand if Jezebel's talked to you. You might as well get your hand up because everybody in this church has heard from Jezebel at some point in your life. Especially if you've been in church. (laughs) You know, brother, that was Jezebel. 
Jezebel got so mad, so mad, ranting and raving about that tent. Ranting and raving about that tent. Brother had to go shoot a gun. He sat there shooting guns. It better have been a little fake pop gun. But still, why would you do that? That's Jezebel. Jezebel. Trying to stop something. Trying to stop the move of God. Trying to make fun of what's happening out there. Amen? Jezebel. What happened in the beginning of this church? That book that you, you know, I gave back to you tonight. What happened in 1948? Jezebel burnt down the church's tent. Jezebel was chasing the pastor through town. He's out running a, 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 a whole truckload of thugs. They're going to beat him up. Jezebel persecuting the church, persecuting this church. And Jezebel has talked to you at some point in your life and has tried to get you to pass judgment on somebody that you did not have any business judging. And has tried to give you a critical, criticizing spirit. Amen. We've all heard from her. What we need to do is be wise and realize who's talking to us and rebuke her when these things come about. Rebuke that Jezebel spirit. Say, no, mm -mm. that's not love. So that must not be God talking to me. That must be an evil spirit talking to me. Because God will talk to me in love and Jezebel will never love. Jezebel will never talk to me in love. And that's what happens. So you got to be careful of the Jezebels. Jezebels are also busy body people. Y'all know anybody's got to be in everybody's business? Come on. Don't call no names now. <laughs> I don't want to know about y'all's family members. <laughs> but but busybody people. They got to be in somebody's business all the time. You ever heard the phrase drama queen? That's nothing but a Jezebel. That's all that is. Got to be in the drama. Drama, 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 drama. Got to stir up drama. Listen, if there ain't nothing, no drama going on in their life, they'll come over and see what's going on in your life and try to stir you up and get you in drama. You know, that's what happens. But you know what I have seen through the years? That the, the drama queens and the Jezebels, something happened in their life and it would be so devastating and so consuming because they should have been praying instead of trying to stir up something in yours. And that's what happens. So that's, the, that's what spirit of Jezebel does. Stir up stuff. Become a busybody. That's what they do. Jezebel will convince you that you're the only one in the church that's righteous. Oh yeah, y'all know any self-righteous people, do you? Huh? Y'all don't know them people that look down their nose at you? You know? That is, if they, if they had some Holy Ghost in them, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't look like that. You know. Criticizing. Self-righteousness. That's a Jezebel spirit. And we have all seen them. The criticism will tell you who they are. They love to criticize. They love to criticize. And they don't have a teachable spirit about them. They want them know-it-alls. Y'all know we know-it-alls, do you? Lord, you start talking about a subject, and they know more about that subject than you do. <laughs> I always found it amazing, Johnny, as I'm working on, I've been, you know, you and I have been working on vehicles and things for a long period of time. I'm sure you've come across this. I've had truck drivers that would, would try to tell me how to fix their trucks. You know? And I'll look, buddy, I mean, I know you know how to hold a steering wheel, but uh, inside this engine's a whole different animal that you don't understand. Oh, but they know how to tell you. They come in there and tell you, I, I did a diagnosis, this is what's going on with it. 
You know what I learned to do? Don't listen to that at all. <laughs> They'll know more about your profession than you do. You know anybody like that? Yeah? Pilots. Pilots. <laughs> well, they, they know it all. They know everything. Well, no matter what the subject is, they know more about that subject than you do. They know more about it. Uh, it's, just, it's just amazing how Jezebel's spirit is all-knowing and see-all and know-all. You know, they, they know better than you do. They know better than the pastor. Jezebel's spirit also come in and try to pastor the pastor. Oh, yeah. I saw this happen firsthand years and years ago when I was a young man. And uh, Angel, and I was, Angel and I was in a youth position uh, in California, actually. And this guy came into church in California. I'll never forget him. Preacher. Like I said, 80% of them are preachers. Come in. I mean, he's, he's looking to party. Got that tie just right, you know. He wore a... a uh, vest with his, with his, I mean, he was a three piece suit guy, you know, he's three piece suit. You know, two piece ain't good enough. You got, you're only more righteous when you got a three piece suit on, brother. You got to have that vest. You got to have that vest, you know. Come on, you got to have that vest. So he was a three piece suit guy. He came in, he's looking the part, and, and uh, you know, the Lord sent him to the church. I always love the people telling me, Lord, send me to this church. And then two weeks later, Lord, send me somewhere else. <laughs> and so, he came into the church and everything was okay at first. He seemed like a genuine guy. He seemed like he loved the Lord. Well, after a while, he started calling people in the church. Calling them. And he began to tell people that he was sent to the church. He told me this himself. So I heard him in my own ears. I'm just a young man, young in the church and didn't, I mean, I didn't know what I was listening to. Like, what is this? what's wrong with this guy? I didn't know there was something going on. And even if it happened in front of me, I still didn't understand something was happening. He told me, he says, I was sent to this church to correct the pastor. Oh, yeah. That's what he told me. That he was sent in. I said, who sent you? Can't tell you that. Can't tell you who sent me. But I was brought here. I was sent here to bring correction to this pastor. Oh, yeah, they'll try to pastor the pastor. Boy, he slipped that church wide open. He slipped that church wide open. I mean, it was a big, big mess. And what was that? Jezebel. Jezebel. But back then, I didn't know what I was dealing with. I didn't understand it. But God did give me enough sense to kind of keep my, my peace from him. You know what I'm saying? I had enough sense to know that, hey, I'm with the pastor. <laughs> Amen. I'm on the pastor's side. I don't know about this guy, but I know about my pastor. <laughs> Amen. I just met this guy like a month ago, but I've been with my pastor for a while, and he understands me, and, and he loves me. I know my pastor loves me. And, and so I didn't listen to all that, but there was a lot of people that did. And I'm talking about a church that was doing good, a church that running over 100 people, and, and boy, he split that church wide open. He sure did. Never, never did find out who sent him, except Jezebel. <laughs> Jezebel's the only one I know. But I didn't know what I was doing with back then. Um, Jezebel's always have excuses too. Y'all know anybody's always got an excuse, do you? They got excuses. And they will justify the why as to why they're not part of something in the church and make themselves sound righteous for not being a part of it. Oh yeah. Man, they've always got an excuse. So Jezebel's spirits um, are always doing that. Jezebel's spirits also got a rude spirit about them. Have y'all noticed how rude people are nowadays? Oh, my Lord. I, you know what I, I was thinking today? I think when I'm going to stop doing it, I'm going to stop. 
I'm going to stop texting. Matter of fact, don't even send me no more texts. Y'all want to know something, just call me. <laughs> I think that's the best answer. I think we need to get back to just picking up the phone and calling somebody. Amen? Just pick up the phone. I was texting somebody today, and, and uh, man, I got a strange text back from them. What is going on here? I said, uh-uh, devil. Hey, brother. How you doing? <laughs> you know, before I, because I read something in that text, it didn't look right. You know, so instead of me responding to what I thought I was seeing, I'm just going to call him. And I got off the phone. I said, I think I'm going to stop texting people. I'm going to go back and say, if you won't call me, just call me. You want to know something? Call me. You got a question? Just call me. Don't text me. Because you might not like my answer. <laughs> but yeah, I was, so I was doing with his brother today, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to call him. The Jezebel's got a rude spirit about him. Rude spirit about him. I guess they all come from New York City. Y'all know the rude people from New York? They say everybody in New York City is rude. Y'all, you ever met anybody from North? I guess, I guess all Jezebel's are from New York City then, because they they're just a rude kind of person. Very, very rude person. That scam likely guy. Does that scam likely ever call y'all? When y'all talk to scam likely on your phone, tell him stop calling the pastor. Amen. I'm sitting here looking at my phone, that scam likely guy calling me again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank the Lord I've got, I got it on silent. I got it on silent so it don't, it don't uh, ring out, right? I'll pick it up and pray for him. Pick it up and pray for him. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Here's another one, too. Jezebel loves to take over church service. Oh, my Lord. Jezebel loves to take over church service. They'll do that. They'll take over a service in a, in a minute. In a minute. I'll tell you, I love the... Uh, Brother Dwayne and Sister Sharon, I, I've picked up on a few things from them over the over the past years or so. But they'll come to me if they got something they want to do or something they want to say in the church. Well, just that recently, Sister Sharon came to me. She says, she says, Pastor, I got something to read to the church. And I just looked at her and I'm like, Well, what is it? You know, I'm nosy. I don't know what it is. I got to read it to the church. She went to what? I gotta read it. I gotta read it to the church. Well, I, I trust Sharon. So I said, well, okay. So she reminded me and she read that letter, you know, that she read to us and, and everything. But she didn't just jump up and say, hey, I got something to say. No, she came to me privately. Dwayne does the same thing. If he wants to do something in church and keep me up before church. Hey, I need to do something. I need to take up an offering. Hey, I need to, I need to dress something. Okay, all right. He'll let me know a little bit about what it is. He won't tell me everything either, but. But I trust him. I know when he's got something he wants to say, I know it's going to be all right. But see, Jezebel likes to come in and right in the middle of serving. Pastor, I got something I want to say to the whole church. You know, that puts the pastor in a bad situation. If the pastor says no, that's out of order. Who looks like the bad guy? Uh huh. I was talking to another preacher friend of mine. He pastors a church up north. He said every Sunday this would happen to him. Every Sunday. He said he had him a singer get up in the church singing. And boy, she got, a, she got something to say. She wanted to preach a sermon between every song. Between every song. Wanted to preach a sermon between every song. He said, I'm talking about five, ten minutes, brother. And then she'll sing another song. And then she'd look over at me and say, oh, the pastor won't mind if I share this. And he, said, he says, I do mind, but if I say something, you know, 
It's called problems. And, you know, and that's, see, that's the spirit of Jezebel at work. That's the spirit of Jezebel. What's going to happen that day when somebody says, hey, preacher, I got something to say. And the preacher says, I'm sorry, brother, but that's out of order right now. <gasps> that pastor's rude. I can't believe he didn't let me say what I wanted to say. He didn't let me sing what I wanted to sing. You know? No, it's, it's really polite to get with your pastor. That's why I, I, I love you guys because y'all do that. Y'all are respectful. And, and it's okay you don't tell me everything you're going to do because I usually know it's, good, it's something good for me anyways. <laughs> it's usually going to be in my favor anyways. But, um, but I do love the fact that they show me that kind of respect. But how many people have y'all been in church and y'all seen that happen? And I'm not talking about home folks, people you know. I'm talking about total strangers. Amen. Total strangers would do that to you. I know a brother telling me about him going down the road. And he said, we were going down the road. And he said, my buddy said, let's go over to that church over there. I've been there before. He said, they got to the church. And he said, it was a packed out house. And, and uh, he said, the guy's getting ready to close. He said, pastor's getting ready to close the service. He said, and that guy said, hey, we, we came to sing y'all a song. The Lord sent us here to sing y'all a song. And they got up there and he said it embarrassed him. Because he wouldn't, he didn't go there for that. He didn't know what that guy was doing. Sure enough, I got up there and sang 20 minutes with no anointing in it because God wasn't in it. What was that? He said, we ain't never been in that church a day in our life. We didn't know them people. What was that? Jezebel. Jezebel. Man, she's been around for a long time. Can you see? Can y'all recognize her now? Y'all recognize her? She's been around for a long, long time, but we ain't always recognized her. I know I haven't. I know I have. So let's go back to Galatians chapter 5 before we close out. And remember that if Jezebel does not possess the nine fruits of the Spirit, you know it ain't God. Amen? See, the Holy Spirit, that's the thing. Is she'll try, try to confuse you. She'll try to make you out like she's the Lord. She'll try to convince you you're listening to the Holy Spirit when you're listening to the wrong spirit the whole time. You know, I shared with you my experience under the tent, you know, when I had two voices of compassion. It sounded like compassion coming to me and telling me, you know, just close out the service. The people are tired and, boy, they want to go home. You're tired. You want to go home. Uh, just, you don't, don't, don't pray for nobody. Nothing's already lifted. You know, and I had, to, I had to really discern that. I had to really discern that. But then the Lord looked and said, hey, what about that lady in that wheelchair? Hey, what about that lady that's blind? Don't they deserve to be prayed for? Man, if I didn't hear that, then uh, that, that lady would not have came out of that wheelchair. Amen. So i got to be careful. I have to be careful. So Jezebel will disguise herself as the Holy Spirit speaking to you. But this is how we know right here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, the nine fruits of the Spirit. That's the character of God, the character of God. And so if, if we don't walk in those things, if we don't walk in the nine fruits of the Spirit, Jezebel will have her heyday with us. She will get a hold of you. Boy, she'll twist your mind. She'll make you think crazy thoughts, make you think about things that ain't even true, just fill you with all kind of deception. But I want to tell you, stay in the Word. Stay in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Stay in the fruits of the Spirit because those fruits will always let you know that the Holy Spirit is with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's, 
that's good, that's good conversations about Jezebel. So y'all help me pray that Jezebel is no longer welcome at the church. Amen? And when she tries to sneak in, y'all help me identify her and y'all arrest her in the spirit. Amen? Bind her in the spirit and don't let her manifest herself because 